You know, it's amazing how God can challenge you in the most amazing ways. And uh, I, you know, I'm, a, I'm a pastor in the church, and, and uh, but you know, I, I, I can get challenged sometimes by the most. Um, I mean, God even speaks. To, I mean, God speaks to speaks to us through uh, through any means possible. And uh, I was actually challenged by a, a young Christian through this message, and um, and, I, and I felt God speak to me and challenge me through a, through a relatively young Christian, and uh, just uh, you know, just their grasp on the things of the kingdom. Yet they just uh, been saved and uh, not long been saved, but yet they they got a hold of something. There was something around their life which, man, I, I thought, man, I, I need to grow up inside. Man, I, I, there's something inside of me's got to change. And uh, how many people have, have enjoyed the series on with Pastor Mike about destiny and purpose and all that? It's been absolutely phenomenal. For you got to understand this that I, I think we underestimate sometimes the, uh, the the time that we're living in. I think often we. Um, you know, we come to church and we hear a message and I don't think sometimes we comprehend that there's actually God speaking through somebody to try and tell you something. Sometimes I think we just, we, we, we don't take it seriously enough. And uh, this morning, I wanna, the, the message that I want to bring to you, it's, it, it, it's, we're going to go a little bit broad, but then we're going to try and bring it down and bring it right down into something really, really simple. And uh, I believe that this morning, God does want to challenge you. God does want to speak to you. And uh, I know he's speaking through me right now. And uh, man, I'm going to be preaching to myself this morning. And uh, maybe I might have to, have to get my own CD just to listen to it or I don't know. <laughs> because I know there's something inside of me that's got to change and something's got to happen inside of me this morning. So have you got your Bibles with you? If you haven't got a Bible with you, we have brought you a Bible and it'll be coming up here on the screen. So you just look at the, up on the screen. Let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. You all there? 1 Corinthians chapter 15. It's amazing the, the songs that we're singing right now, even during today, and the whole song of destiny, and, and destiny calling out to me, calling me higher, and... and um, the other song, He Reigns, and it's incredible that we're singing those songs because they're actually, uh, they're actually God's timing for us right now. And you can be at the right place at the wrong time and miss out completely. Or you can be, in the, uh, you can be at the right place at the wrong time and miss out completely. This morning, I believe that you and I, we're in the right place and you're here at the right time. I'm not just talking about... Uh, you know, 11 o'clock. You are here because God has destined for you to be here this morning. You are here because God wants to do something in your life. You're in this church. You've been listening to these, these messages that have been coming across through Pastor Mike because God is wanting to unlock something in your life. Not just in your life. He's wanting to unlock something inside of this church. He's not just wanting to unlock something inside of this church. He wants to unlock something in the city. He wants to unlock something in this nation. He wants to unlock something in the nations of the world. And so you're going to see this morning how, how all this can come down to the, the decisions that you make this morning. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 20. And it says, Now Christ is risen from the dead and has become the first fruits. Everybody say the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. Verse 21 
For since by man came death, by man also came the resurrection of the dead. Verse 22, for in, as in Adam all die, even though, even so in Christ all shall be made alive. So the Bible talks about because of one man's sin, sin entered into the world. That the trouble, the sickness, the disease that we see in the world today is a result of man's sin. All of us are born separated from God. So just as in one man's sin, uh, all of sin, because we're all part of uh, the lineage of Adam, uh, the Bible says even though it was in Christ, all shall be made alive. So even though through one man's sin, uh, we've all sinned, through one man's actual act of righteousness, all of us can be made alive again. The only difference is you've got to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. So for as an animal will die, even so in Christ, all shall be made alive. Are you alive this morning? Oh yeah, come on. Here we go. Then it says, but each one in his own order. So when Christ died on the cross, there was a, uh, there was a massive transformation that happened that you and I can now have an access where the, where the veil was ripped in two. You and I can now have access to the very throne of God through the blood of Jesus Christ. In other words, Jesus Christ, through his act of righteousness and through a relationship with him, uh, our, uh, um, his righteousness uh, is also becomes our righteousness because of relationship with him. So at that point, when Jesus Christ arose from the dead, uh, there was something absolutely trans, uh, trans um, I don't know, something happened anyway, real powerful. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, but each one in his own order. Christ, the first fruits, and afterwards, those that are in is coming. And that means Christ, the first fruits, we're talking about Christ as the, the head of the church, and we are his body. So Christ, the first fruits, when something is um, born, what comes out first, generally? The head. And then comes the body. But, yeah, technically, that's how it's supposed to come out. Um, so Christ is the first fruits. Christ is the first one to come out. Christ is the head, and this church was his body. Uh, those, when it talks about those who are his, it talks about believers. That means you and I, the, you and I who believe in Jesus Christ, it means Christians. It means the body of Christ. So here we go. Afterwards, who are those that is coming? And then comes the end. When he delivers the kingdom to God the Father, when he puts an end to all rule and all authority and power. Verse 25, for he must reign. Everybody say he must reign. He must reign till he has put all enemies underneath his feet. Everybody say underneath his feet. And then the last enemy that will be destroyed is death. In verse 27, it says, for he has put all things underneath his feet. That is also found in Psalms chapter 8, verse 6. He says, you have made him a little lower than the angels. What is man that, yeah, what is man that you have made him a little lower than the angels? You have made him to have dominion over all the works. You have put all things underneath his feet. That's where he's referring to. And when he says all things are put under him, uh, then it is evident that he has put all things that are under him is ex accepted. Then, when, now, when all things are made subject to him, then the Son himself will also be subject to him who has put all things under him, that God may be all in all. So we're going to break this down into something really, really simple to how you and I can, how that affects you and I today. What we're talking about in verse 27, for he has put under all things underneath his feet. Like I said, that was also found in Psalms chapter 8, verse 6. You have made, you, where David says, you have put all things underneath man's feet. That is the original mandate that God uh, gave Adam uh, to go and have dominion over all the little creepy things and all the crawly things and the fishes in the sea and, 
and uh, over every living creature. You weren't supposed to have dominion over man, but you were supposed to have dominion over all creation. So it goes on to that is that is the whole guts along through the Bible about God, about you being the the body of Christ. Um, uh, reclaiming the earth and, and having dominion over the earth. So he's saying, uh, so he goes back and says, you have put all things in un- underneath his feet. Then it says, now when all things are put underneath him. So what's happening here is we're talking about a, a, a time in the future when Christ comes again. And so the age that we're living in right now will one day come to an end. One day when Christ returns, there is going to be, uh, I mean, there's all sorts of theories that, uh, uh, but at the end of the day, Christ is going to come and do what he's going to do. And there'll be a, uh, there'll be a time when we're, we're all gathered up and, and, and brought into eternity. And then there'll be another age. But I'm not going to focus on that this morning. Interesting, it says, now when all things are gathered, now when all things are put underneath his feet. So in one sense, he's saying, um, you have put all things underneath his feet. And then he says, when all things are put underneath his feet, underneath your feet. It's the same thing when he... Uh, what he's talking about there, he's making a faith statement. See, Jesus Christ, when he was on the cross, the Bible says that he defeated Satan and um, uh, he, he bruised the heel of Satan. He, he bruised the heel of the serpent, as in reference to, to Genesis. And uh, so when Jesus died on the cross, he defeated Satan and all his enemies. He put all things underneath his feet. He was the head. He was, everybody say, the first fruits. He was the head. He was the first one to bruise Satan underneath his feet. And so... What he's talking about here is uh, uh, so there has happened and it also will happen. The same thing happened, the, the same scenario also happens when, when uh, Joshua comes to Jericho. And first thing, when he comes to Jericho, um, the Bible says that Jer- Jer- Jericho was securely shut up. But then God said to Adam, uh, God said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hands. But yet it wasn't quite there. It's like God said it. But, Adam, but Joshua still had to go and take dominion over it. So for you and I right now, God, Jesus Christ has um, taken dominion. Jesus Christ, the Bible says he is seated at the right hand of the Father, and all power and authority on heaven and earth has been given unto him. We can agree on that. Yeah. So Jesus Christ right now, he is seated at the right hand of the Father, and all power on heaven and on earth has been given unto him. So Jesus Christ has put all things underneath his feet. But it, Jesus is just talking about, we're just talking about the head right now. It's not, uh, Jesus never ever meant it just for him to do it. That's why he chose disciples. And he trained disciples. He got men, and, he got some men, and, 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 he, and he trained them in the, in the ways of the kingdom that they too would start to learn to put things under their feet, start to learn to get over some stuff and, and put some stuff underneath their feet. So God never, it was never meant just for Jesus Christ to do it alone. He is the we just talked about that. He is the first fruits. He is the first one to come out. But when we talk about the feet, we're talking about a part of the, the body, which means the body of Christ. In other words, he's saying he has ordained it for you. That is why he has put his spirit inside of your life, so that the same spirit that was with Jesus Christ, when you receive him, he puts his spirit into your life, and you carry that same spirit inside of you. God has meant it that you too would start to put all things underneath your feet. God, it was meant, it was, it was, God's purpose that you and I as the church, as the body of Christ, put things, all his enemies, underneath our feet. We can agree on that. I mean, so if you look at, 
like if you look at the body of Christ, if we, if we can just paint a picture right now, if you can picture, uh, paint a picture of a, um, of a person standing here, and uh, Christ being the head, yeah, Christ being the head, the first fruits, and then afterwards, the, the part of the body that slides out. Yeah, don't picture that. <laughs> but just picture a, 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 a person standing there, and uh, that is known as the body of Christ, the, 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 uh, the Jesus Christ being the head and the body being his church. Now, uh, it comes out... Uh, the body flows, uh, we're not talking as in a physical sense now, we're talking as a spiritual sense. As, the, as the Christ is the first fruits, as, um, as he has first gone the way, the next, the other stages follow in the right order through, 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 through design, but they also follow through, through timing and ranking. And this is what we're going to talk about this morning is the timing of God, because you've got to know that the time, the season that you live in um, outside of your little life right now. You've got to, um, I mean, the Bible talks it somewhere in there. It says, you, you don't know, you're unaware of the time of your visitation. So you, you've got to be under, we've got to be, uh, be quite aware of the season and in the, in, in, in the, in the, in the space of eternity where we are right now. Like I said, right back from the start, you are here because of a purpose. You are here because God has meant it for you to be here at this particular time. You are here, not, be, not necessarily because you're choosing, but a God's, chosen, God's choosing. So if you look at the body being a timeline, that God, Jesus Christ being the, the head, and as the body goes down, it talks about the same picture is used in Daniel um, when, the, when the big idol, you know, the big, everyone had to bow down to the big idol, and it talks about the generations or, or, or the kingdoms that follow one after the other. Picture it like that, that as, the, as we go down the body, we come down to a place where generations and generations are coming through. Generations are coming um, to a place where it's fulfillment. Friend, I want to ask you, tell you right now, I believe that we are living in one of the last days. I believe that, I don't know when the Christ is going to return, but I, I know he's going to return. And, and if you look at the signs, if you look at the times, um, it would be very... Uh, I think we can safely say that we are one of the last generations that, will, uh, that are living before the coming of Christ. And so when you look at, uh, if you look at that context, we are somewhere down here. For he must reign until all enemies have been put underneath his feet. He must reign until all enemies, so when all things are put under him, then Christ will return and gather up those and... Uh, then there'll be something else we'll go into that. Let me ask you this question. What if those feet were lame? What if those feet were lame? I mean, spiritually speaking. We come to a generation, all these other generations have got strength and have come out and, and, and fulfilled their purpose, but we come to a generation, what if those feet are lame? So that the king, so let's have a look at this. For he must run until all enemies have been put underneath his feet. Friend, if you are lame, you can't put the body, the body can't put nothing underneath its feet. But it's the plan of God that you and I put all things underneath his feet. So when we talk about the, um, when somebody is lame or, uh, the word lame means to be without strength. If you are lame, you have no strength in your feet. In other words, you can, I mean, there's nothing wrong with the head. The, the head's fine. The head's working properly, man. Uh, there's nothing wrong with the eyes. I mean, the body can see. The, the body can flap its arms around. The body can talk. 
The body can do a lot of stuff, but it can't walk. Friends, the body has vision. It, it can dream. It can, it, can, it, can, it can bring up the most amazing dreams. And it can see the most amazing visions. And it can, can wave, it can clap, it can, it can do a certain amount of stuff. But one thing it can't do is it cannot carry the body. It cannot walk out the dream. It cannot walk the vision out. And I know a lot of us today have, have dreams and visions in our lives. But there's a part in our life that is lame. We can dream a lot. We can speak a lot. We can look a lot. We can point the finger. We can beat our chest. Man, we can do a lot of stuff. But when it comes to the point of, uh, of walking out what God has put in our heart to do, We're lame. And you know, friend, and, and this is what challenged me the most is because I believe that God has put a lot of stuff. Man, I, man, I love to dream. I love to talk stuff out. I thought, man, if we could do this and have that, and maybe we do this in the church. And, but I can talk to that until the house, cows come home. But unless we've got the strength to be able to walk that out, we're just sitting there talking and dreaming and looking and pointing and shaking our fists and doing all this sort of stuff. You understand that, uh, you look at, I mean, Dad talked about last week about the house of Jonathan, and uh, house of Saul and the house of David. Now, now Jonathan was Saul's son. He was of, originally of the house of, in fact, he was of the house of Saul. But then there came a time in, in 1 Samuel chapter, uh, 1, 1 Samuel 20 verse 16, he talks about uh, that the anointing lifted off Saul's, the house of Saul and was put on the house of David. It was David that was anointed the next king of, of Israel. And Jonathan recognized that, that his friend, his best friend David, was going to be the, the next king. He, he was the one that he, he knew that this man here was the one that God had anointed to be king. But see, the thing about Saul was, uh, 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 about Jonathan was this. He was, he was totally committed. He, was, he entered into a covenant relationship with David, with, with the house of David. And, uh, uh, but one thing he couldn't do, he, he didn't do, was he didn't make a break from his own, uh, he, he couldn't break, break free of the, of, of the loyalty of the, of the house which God had left. And as a result... See, the Bible talks about that at the end of his life, he was not known as the friend of David. He could have been one of the, he would have, could have been David's right-hand man when he became king. But he wasn't. He was known, he was not known then, he was known as the, the son of Saul, not as the, the friend of David. And as a result, uh, he lost, not only lost his life, but his offspring became lame. One of the things about this, one of the keys you, you can pick up about this, when you sit on the, front, on the fence, you may enter into covenant relationship. You may um, come to Pastor Mike and say, Pastor Mike, I, I, I'm totally committed to the church, man. I tithe. I've done my membership course. I've, um, I've done all that sort of stuff. But if you don't let go of the old, wherever, whatever loyalties may be connected there, if you do not let go of the old, what happened was Jonathan's son, uh, Mephibosheth, uh, got dropped and became lame. So the result of him, of him standing on the, sitting on the fence and not letting go of, of, the, of that of the old resulted in his offspring of his fruit becoming lame. And his, a lame grandson of a king had no ability to be able to fulfill uh, sovereign duties. 
And that's just something on the side anyway. So if you are lame, you cannot exercise uh, dominion. You cannot put things under your feet. They just, uh, it just doesn't work. Let's, let's turn to uh, Acts chapter 3, verse 1. Acts chapter 3, verse 1. Now Peter and John went together up to the temple at the ninth hour, the hour of prayer. And a certain man, everybody say a certain man. Now this, this particular man, he caught the eye of the Holy Spirit. So Holy Spirit, man, I'm going to put you in the Bible because I want your story to be a testimony for generations to follow. So there's a certain man, there was one particular man that stood out. And I reckon this man here, he was lame from, the Bible says he was lame from his mother's womb. And so he must have, uh, he must have been sitting at the same spot when Jesus was there. And he must have been walking, Jesus must have walked past him a number of times, but never healed him. And it wasn't until Peter and John uh, walked past the same guy. I don't know how many times they would have walked past him, but uh, eventually something happened. So there's a certain man at a certain time and he was at a certain place. And he was lame from his mother's womb, and he had, no, um, he had no strength in his ankles, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple. And who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, fixed it, um, saw them and asked for alms, arms or whatever. You can understand in this time, we're sort of going to, we're going to talk a sort of literally, but also in the spirit, so it's it's not just a literal thing I'm trying to get at today, but it's something that I believe it's a it's it's a story that that I believe uh, can will impact your life and uh, if if you lay a hold of it. So there was an hour of prayer. If you can think right now, people would go into this temple. All these people who had strength in the legs, they would uh, they could carry themselves into the temple, into the place where they could encounter God, into the place where, where things would happen. It was the hour of prayer. And the certain man who was lame from his mother's womb, the Bible says he was carried daily. And he was carried daily to the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful. In other words, he couldn't get himself through the gate. All that could happen was on a daily basis, some kind people love in their heart, will see this man and say, hey man, we feel sorry for you. Man, we can't necessarily do a lot for you, but one thing we, man, we'll just, we'll just carry you to the gate of the temple and, and you can lie there all day, every day, and you can live off people's overflow. Yeah, you, you, you're just going to have to beg. So he could never go into the place. He was dependent on people to carry him. He was people. He was dependent on people to carry him where the body needed to go. Now he could see. He could. There was nothing wrong with his vision. He could see. He could wave his hands. I bet you he dreamed a lot. I bet you he he spoke a lot. I bet you he he would point his finger a lot. Or he would. I mean, there would been a lot of stuff that would have gone on inside of this man's life. But the one thing he couldn't do was walk those dreams out. He could a lot of. He could see a lot. There's nothing wrong with his vision. Now, a lot of you here this morning, including myself, I believe we come to a place in our life where there's nothing wrong with vision. I mean, I'm a little bit short-sighted. But, but spiritually speaking, different people come to the kingdom 
in different conditions. The fact really is not that you've come in the condition. The, the thing really is that you need to, you, you come to the kingdom and that you can get your condition fixed. And then you can, some people come to, the, come to the kingdom where and they can walk. They've got strength in the legs, but they've got no vision in their life. You look at a lot of people around today, man, they've got the character, they've got the gifting, they've got a lot of stuff going for them. But they haven't got no vision. A lot of, there's no, there's no purpose for their life. They're just, just wandering around blind. But yet they've got strength in their arms, they've got strength in their heart, they've got strength in their spirit, but they're unable to, they, they don't have anywhere to exert their strength. Some people are born mute, but this man, he was born lame, so he had vision. I mean, like I said, for me, I can, I can see a lot. I can, I mean, I have dreams, but one of the things, there's been a frustration in my heart is, is there's been times when I haven't been able to walk out the vision. I know what God has called me to. I mean, I've seen, uh, I mean, I've seen great visions, but the frustration comes when I cannot, I haven't got the strength or there's something inside of me that is, that is, that is keeping me in a place that I cannot walk it and see it come to fulfillment. So here he comes to this place and, 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 and says to the gate, which is called beautiful. So he, he, he just comes to the gate of the temple. Friend, God doesn't want you just to come to the gate of the temple. God wants you to come to a place where you can enter in to his presence, enter in to the realm of the kingdom, enter in to a place of fulfillment in your life. He doesn't want you just to stay on the outside. He wants you to to come in. And so here he talks about here, he was laid daily at the gate of the temple. Now, one of the things about a beggar is this, is they live off people's overflow. So he lived off people's overflow. He couldn't work for himself. He couldn't do anything like that. So he had to live on, on what people had overflowing out of their life. Now, we're, gonna, we're just going to cut this right in now. But Pastor Mike has been talking about purpose and discovering your purpose and, and embracing it and talking about destiny thieves and all this. Every day, not every day, but every Sunday, we come to a place, to a gate, where you have the choice to walk through or you have the choice to stand outside. For many people here, we could be at different parts. For some of you, you have the strength to walk in. But for some of you, there's a lameness in your heart. You understand about purpose. You understand about you have dreams, you have visions. You know a lot of stuff, but there's an incapacity to be able to walk it out. For some people, when they come to... So when you come to church, when you come into this place and you listen to Pastor Mike, what you're getting fed is out of the overflow of his life. God doesn't want you just to live off somebody else's overflow. He wants you and I to come to a place where you can stand up on your own two feet and start to walk and then start to inherit the, the, the plans and the purpose of God for your own life. God wants you to come to a place where there's an, not, you're not just living off the overflow of somebody else, you actually have an overflow in your own life. But you cannot have that overflow out of your own life if you're spiritually lame. Can you, you see where we're getting at now? 
You understand the gate which is called beautiful. First of all, it talks about at the ninth hour. Now, the word hour means, uh, the translation means horror. You know what the Greek translation for hour is? Hour. <laughs> it really is. Not just hour, though. It also means a, 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 a day or a season. So there is a season that God has. There is a season where it's, it's open season for you to come and come into a place of dominion. There's a, there is a season, there's a specific time where God is set for you to come into a place of fulfillment, to inherit what you need to inherit and to encounter him. So there was a time, there was an hour of prayer. Now they brought this guy to the gate, which is called beautiful. Understand this, that the word beautiful has the same meaning as the word hour. The word beautiful uh, has just an extension. It means horarios. Uh, yeah, horarios, however you say it, which means the right hour or right season or means a time of flourishing. It means, a, so when a plant, when a tree has come, into its place of beautiful, uh, in its place of beauty, it is, it is doing what is it, it was created to do. It is fulfilling its, its purpose in life. So here we have a gate which is called beautiful, and the guy is just outside it. The gate was called beautiful because there was many different gates, but there was one particular gate, which is the gate which is called beautiful. There was one thing about this particular gate. It was the most magnificent gates of them all. Some of the other gates were just, co uh, were just coated with stuff, but this one was made of solid Corinthian brass. It was not only... It, all the other gates were, were basically a similar size, but this particular gate, it was the most beautiful gate. It wasn't just coated in something. It was made of solid Corinthian brass, which was one, of the was one of the most precious metals of the time. So it was the real thing. It was a place of beauty. It was a place of, magnific of, mag of magnificence. And it was beautiful because it was operating in its purpose. So for you and I, so the whole thing about the word to flourish means you've, you've come, you are, you're in the place where you are, there's an overflow in your life. You have fulfilled your purpose. If, a, if an apple tree is, is flourishing, man, she's full of apples. And when it's full of apples and the apples are just falling off it, it is doing what it was created to do, produce apples. So I believe that at this time where we are in a time right now and in, in, in the season of our lives, both as an individual, where I believe we're in a season of our lives right now as a church, not just as the body just here this morning, but as the, body of, the wider body of Christ across the world. I believe that we're in a season right now where we're in the timing of God. It is the time, it is the ninth hour, the time to go in. But sadly for some people, they are... Outside the gate, they're outside. They're not walking through their, their purposes. They're not walking and in the, in the, in the, they haven't discovered their destiny. They're not, they haven't embraced it and they're, they're outside. They're not in a place of, of, of bearing fruit. They can be dreaming about it, talking about it, but not actually walking it. Do you understand what I'm saying? And I believe for a lot of people at this particular time, we are at the place, but we're outside the gate. There's some people going in, but there's some people that are just getting laid outside the gate on a daily basis. They're spiritually lame, unable to walk the thing out. 
Let's look at it. And so here's this man lying at there. He must have had Jesus walk past him. He must have, these apostles must have walked past him a number of times. I wonder how many times you and I have come to this church or come to the place of, come to the, to the gate, come to the place where we can walk through and discover what God has called us to do. How many times do we come to that place and we get carried to that place, either by the music team or Pastor Mike or whoever else is, is ministering or a Benny Hinn off, the, off TV? How often do we come, we get carried to that place but haven't got the strength to walk through? You're not living in the place God has called you to live in. You're spiritually lame. How can you put things underneath your feet if you're spiritually lame? And we're going to, we're going to bring this in real, real, real close. So, Jesus, so Peter looks at this man and he says, look at us. In other words, he's saying, get your eyes off your circumstances. Get your eyes off your past. Some people here today, um, in, 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 in a lot of places in the, in the charismatic church, Pentecostal churches, we have a, a ministry fix. It's like we want somebody to lay our hands and, and expect all our things to go away. It's like, lay hands on me and cast out the spirit of fear. Great, we've done that. You've manifested and you feel great. But there's a, a time where you've got to actually confront the fear and actually got to put that thing underneath your feet. So there's ministry, hands-on laying of ministry can only do so much. There's got to come a time when you've got to stand up and start to put something underneath your feet. There's got to be a time when you've actually got to stand up and take dominion in some parts of your life. And unless you do that, you'll never ever walk through into the place of, uh, of flourishing to what, for what God has planned you to, to walk into. And so, so Peter looks at the man and says, look at us. And he said, so he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Some of you, you come into this place. Sometimes we come into the, into the church and we are expectant. We clap our hands. We honor, we, we do a lot of things, we've got faith in our hearts, but quite often we're expecting the wrong things. See what this layman was expecting, he was expecting a handout, he was expecting an overflow, he was expecting um, some great message to come and inspire me and tickle my ears. Tell me how great I am, tell me about the potential that's in my life. And sometimes we come to the place we're expecting, but what we're expecting, we don't, it's good that we're in the place of faith, but we're actually expecting the wrong thing. And when the right thing does come along, we don't realize it. So he was expecting a handout of silver and gold. He was expecting something, uh, something flash, something cool that was going to last me the week, and then I'll come back here next week and need some more again. Man, maybe I'm going to get a fresh prophetic word. and not dissing prophetic words at all. Believe me, it's... it's we need prophets in the house. But it comes to a point where if, if that's what we live on, we're consistently living off people's overflow. And we never, ever walk in the place that God has for us to walk. So he says, look at me. Get your eyes off your circumstances. For some of you, you've got to get your eyes off where you are right now. For some of you, you've got to get your eyes off your past. Get your eyes off where you are. Look at me. He's saying, get your eyes off where you are. And figuratively speaking, put your eyes on God. You need to start to look at him, not, not look at um, your circumstances, not look at your, your bank balance, not look at the things that, are, um, that you think could help you. Start to fix your eyes on You've got to start to get the right perspective. So he was expecting, but not what he expected. And then he says, rise up and walk. So friend, with that word, rise up and walk, that, it's like when the word of God comes to us, it's like, whoa, man, it was a great word. 
But they were just words. At that point, the word of God comes, rise up and walk. And if you, if you, can, if you can understand, if you can get your head uh, around what the messages that have been coming over the last year or two, the whole thing has been taking dominion, standing up, rising up and walk. Pastor Mike's been talking about destiny and purpose. Come on, man, this is what you were born for. Get up, walk. Get out of your place of, um, uh, of sickness. Get out of your place of, uh, of shame and get up and walk. Walk into the, to the purpose that you were created for. So when we hear those messages, it's like, yeah, man, that's great. That's awesome. So often when the word of God comes to us, uh, I mean, sometimes it's a little bit harder than that, but sometimes, uh, most of the time, when the Word of God comes, we'll get excited. And then what happens, it says, and then uh, Peter said to him, yeah, rise up and walk. And then he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. Friends, this is where I reckon we get unstuck. For this man, he responded, man. Peter reached down and got him by the hand and hauled him up to his feet. Quite often... We get excited when we hear the word of God coming from the pulpit. Man, that's exciting. Man, God's going to do these great things. But when the hand of God comes down and starts to touch the part of our lives, oh, that's a different story. It's like when Pastor Mike or your soul leader or some person in authority comes and says, hey, man, you need to get this right in your life. Young people, you need to put some right things right with your parents, El Quico. It's great in church, great hearing the word of God, but when his hand comes upon our life. Oh. So you've got to understand that the hand of God coming upon your life, it may, be, it may appear as though it's threatening, it may appear like it's, it's a scary thing. May may feel like it's going to be uncomfortable, but friend, it is the hand of God. He doesn't want to hold you down in that place. He's the hand of God is coming upon your life to lift you up. So when you when you got issues like a, if you've been abused, if you if you got um, we've got this financial freedom seminar. Here's a classic example. Many people they they live in poverty. They live uh, under this under this thing called debt. I tell you that thing is not underneath your feet. You are underneath its feet. So you hear a, see a great AV coming up. Man, we're going to have a, we're going to have a financial freedom seminar. That sounds a great thing to do. But when somebody comes and says, hey, let me look at your finances. Let me look at your spending. Let me look at where your money is going. That is the hand of God coming upon you. It may feel like it's threatening, but it's not threatening. It's the hand of God wanting to come and to pick you up out of a place of debt and put you into a place of prosperity. So it's not just about coming to a, a seminar and having great ideas about how to handle your money. It's about opening up your life and saying, oh, come and speak to me, yes, my, this is how much I owe. And unless you get a hold of that, unless you allow him to come and put you up onto your feet, you won't have the miracle that you're looking for. All you'll have is just a little bit of overflow of somebody else's life once again. Oh, man. So how do we get from where you and I are at right now to 1 Corinthians 15, for you have put all things underneath your feet, underneath his feet. And when all things are put underneath, then the, he's talking about the coming of God. How, do, how is that going to happen? How does that happen? 
Friends, it happens by you dealing with the things in your life that need to be dealing with there. If you've got an area of, for some of you this morning, you've had hands laid on you to the house come home, but you're still lame in the same old area, wasting counseling time. You've got to allow the hand of God to come upon you. For some of you, you come to this place. How do we get from here to walking, coming through this gate that we call our purpose in life? How do you start to put things underneath your feet? Friends, it's about taking dominion over the areas of your life that are causing you to be lame. And that, that, that lameness comes from sin. Something inside of you has not just got to hear what God is saying, but you've got to respond to his hand coming upon your life. Friend, what is it that, make, that is making you lame? Is it debt? Is it sickness? Is it poverty? Is it abuse? What is it in your life? that is sapping the strength out of your feet from stopping, they're stopping you from walking in the fulfillment of God. What is it? Friend, you can't change what's happened in the past. Maybe here you've been abused. Many people have been abused. But what sets somebody apart is where Yes, they may have been abused, but they're not a victim. But you don't understand, I don't have much in my life. If only I had much more money, if only I had this, if only I had the, the blessings of God coming upon me, if only I had that, then I'll be able to walk through. Friend, you can have no money but not be in poverty. For some, I mean, people here this morning, you may not be on $100,000 a year. Some of you may not even be on 20. Don't allow your circumstances, don't allow it to come around your life like that. Don't allow it to come and to rob the destiny that God has planned for you. Maybe some of you this morning have had abuse in your past. Maybe people have done terrible, 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 nasty things to you. And you've had hands laid on you a thousand times and had all about a thousand demons cast out of you. But there's still a place in your life. Friend, you can't change what's happened parts there, but you can make a decision on the inside. I'm not going to live like an abused person anymore. I'm not going to have a victim mentality around my life. Yes, I may have it, but I am more than a conqueror. The Bible says we're more than conquerors. Friends, the thing is you have a choice this morning. Just closing up, you have a choice. You can choose whether you can hear the word of God but refuse his hand to come upon your life. You can choose this morning. You can choose to live in blessing. You can choose to live in prosperity, even though you may be on a low income. You can choose to live as a victor, even though you may have been abused. Why? Because hundreds and thousands of people are depending on your breakthrough tonight. We live in a community right now that needs people like you and I to stand up and say, hey, I'm not the smartest, I'm not the brightest, I'm not the richest, but man, I'm financially free. 
You need people in the community today, need people like you that have been on, maybe had addictions of drugs or eating, and say, hey man, I understand where you're coming from. Uh, man, I, I've been abused, I've been an, an anorexic, I've been bulimic, but man, I'm as healthy as, man, I, I'm as healthy as buck, buck rabbit this morning. People need to hear about your breakthrough. People need to hear the fact that you were once lame, but now that you are strong. People need to hear that you once stood outside the gate, but now your life is overflowing with beauty. And that comes by making a choice. And it'll come by making a choice every day, not just hearing the word of God, but allowing God's hand to come upon your life. So he said, this is the last part now, and he said, so he took him by the right hand, the hand of God came upon his life. The apostolic anointing came and shook something in his life. Next thing you know, he grabbed his hold of his hand and says here, so he, he says, immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. He became strong. Immediately he, so he leaping up, he stood and walked and entered into the temple with them, leaping and praising God. And all the people saw and, oh man, they were freaked out. <laughs> they were amazed. Friends, we need the wider body of Christ to stand up and walk into the, it's the church that God called us to walk in. Friends, we need us as Bay City Outreach Team to, to stand up. I mean, not stop dreaming, stop just, I mean, don't stop dreaming, but carry on dreaming, but walk the talk. And that'll happen by you and I dealing with the issues of poverty, dealing with the financial issues, dealing with issues of authority, dealing with issues of abuse and making a decision from this day forth, I am not going to be lame in this area anymore.